we're not a Jerry Springer story or anything like that. It's not drama, but... Aw, shucks. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) sorry. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step-family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy step-family coaching team, Lori and David Sims. Ho, ho, ho. We're a long way from that. Well, you know how you fuss at me for recording so far in advance? Mm-hmm. We talk about Christmas in this episode. <laughs> Seriously? Well, I mean... So you recorded this back at Christmas? Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> but it's good because, you know, when people are in the middle of stuff and they're talking about it here and they're just having a rough time and then they go back four months later and they're like, man, look at how far I have come. Is that what happens? That's what somebody told me, so it sounded good. They probably listen to it and go, man, I wish it was that way again. Well, I haven't really stopped recording right now, but I've slowed it down. I'm not doing any new ones. I've got a few more scheduled for this month. Mm -hmm. Then I'm not going to record for a little while so I can get caught up on these. (laughs) But I like doing the recordings. I know most podcasters are, you know, out there trying to find people to record or trying to find content and all that. And you, you're six months ahead. But see, now you're going to get me paranoid that if I don't stay ahead, then I'm going to end up with nobody to have content. No, you won't have a problem with that. Okay. I am sure of it. Well, you and I are supposed to do another one too for like our one year anniversary. Our one year anniversary or the podcast? Podcast one year anniversary. Oh. If I can remember when that is. <laughs> it's a year from the first episode. No, because we released four episodes at once, didn't we? Yeah. So. Right. A year from the first episode. Oh, my gosh. Okay. First, second, third, fourth episode. <laughs> All right. So, we'll let y'all know when that's coming up. Yeah, because we don't even know. Yeah. I think it's July. You need to look it up. You won't know. I can look it up. You're going to be doing that clacky keyboard again. Oh, he's trying to be quiet. Shh. He's trying to you don't hear my keyboard. quieten his finger weight. Yeah. Not even that. It's, uh, you know, for any of you techie people out there, it's cherry reds. You'll know what it means. Yeah. It means clackety, clackety keyboard. <laughs> Drive everybody around you crazy keyboard. That is not true. Dude, if you were in an office with other people, you would drive them insane. Like you are me. See? <laughs> Told you. I do it to you because I can. You do it when I'm not paying attention. Which is all the time. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, hurry up. How long are you going to take to do this? Until I get there. Well, it's, it's hard to type uh, fast whenever I got to type lightly. <laughs> so <laughs> don't clickety-clack all over your podcast. Well, why David looks up when our first episode released, you would think that we would know this, but we don't. And I'm going to talk about the Sylvia. Scholarship. <laughs> you still don't have a better name for it yet? No. We're going to have a better name for it soon, by the next podcast. So the the podcast launch. well, let me say it this way. The podcast relaunched <laughs> on 628.19. Well, but see, you can't say that because people didn't know that we... Well, the reason I say that is because when I looked it up on Chartable.com, it shows the three episodes we published in August of 2014. Mm-hmm. That are no longer there. It just says unknown title published eight five 
14. So five years later. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, we started the first attempt at this podcast back in 2014. For those of you who says, well, Nacho and is something that's so new and other people created it and blah, blah. No. You stole that from the girl that wrote it in 2017. Yeah. No. No. It's been, no. Long time ago. Actually, Nacho Kids was created 2013. Yep. The podcast we attempted. And if it was created in 2013, you were probably talking about it, doing other stuff to 2011, 2010, or 2012. Yeah. You know, a good year or two before that. But anyway, so anyway, we did, we tried to launch a podcast. I say tried. We did launch the podcast in 2014. But But it had to die. (laughs) Yep. It was uh, a little too painful to go through. It was causing me post-traumatic stepmom disorder, (laughs) which I wrote a blog about. Check out our blogs at www.nachokids.com slash blog. Yep. So for all these other step family podcasts that are out there now, um, technically we were there since 2014, <laughs> <laughs> but we had to come back out nearly five years later. Yeah, man. I had to regroup. Yeah. So it was hard. Yep. It was. But anyway, so we, we relaunched the current version of the podcast on 6, 28, 19. All right. I'm going to make a note so I can remember that you and I need to do a podcast on six twenty eight. I even, around then. I even see the, the mistake I made where I published the ad as a podcast in, on 621.19. <laughs> I didn't even know we had an ad then. Uh, I don't know. Can you fix that stuff? I don't know. Let me see if it's even playable. That would be funny. Um, I don't know what it is. It can't be just the ad because it's an hour and 41 minutes long. <laughs> so now I'm wondering what it is. I have to go back and listen to it. All right. Anyway, move right along. Ooh. So... Let's talk about the, did you talk about the scholarship of what people I started to, to and then you right. interrupted me rudely. Well, you asked when the You are podcast- rude, crude, and socially unacceptable, David Sims. I've wanted to say that for so long. Go ahead, baby. But none of those are bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, the Sylvia Scholarship. Mm-hmm. That we're going to come up with a better name. Yep. All right. So, what you got to do, what? if you didn't catch last week's episode, we are giving away, thanks to Sylvia, she donated a... Uh, generous, made a, a generous donation. We are going to match that donation, and because <laughs> and because we uh, we are able to um, do this, we are giving away a one month membership to the academy every other week through December mm-hmm. or to December, and then once we hit December, we're going to give away one every week during the month of December. And then it ends. Then it's over. Unless you feel it in your heart that you want to make a donation to Nacho Kids Academy and have people be able to join through your scholarship. Yeah, that's a great idea. And I'll tell you what, we'll match it. Yep. Anybody that wants to donate for other people to join the Nacho Kids Academy through a scholarship that we will name after you. And we will match that. So if you send us $100, that's two people. Well, $98. If you send us $98, that's two people that will get a free scholarship to the Academy Mm -hmm. through you. And we will match it. So that will be four people that you help through your donation to get a free scholarship to the Nacho Kids Academy for one month. Shoot. That's a doggone good deal. Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
I'm thinking about this. I don't, I don't even know if I should say this in a recording. Oh, Lord. No, I'm just thinking about this from a business perspective because businesses can just sponsor this and get us talking about them. Man, mm, I have to rethink this. Would it be a business write-off? Yeah, it would be. And it's cheaper than paying for a podcast ad. Wow. Okay. Anyway, we better carry on. Yeah, David's brain's churning. I know it is. It's getting I'm hot like, in here. I'm like, man, that's crazy. Anyway, we'll figure all that out. But the point is, um, Sylvia has been amazing in, in thinking about other people. Um, I mean, she gives a lot of her time. A to, lot of her time. To to helping other stepmoms. And, and she's not stopped there. She's not just giving time, which to me is more valuable than money. But she's also given of her own money to help other people. Yeah. Um, and the fact that she, the fact that she gives that money to the Academy to be able to give away memberships to me speaks a lot to her trust in us and her trust in the Nacho Kids Method, the Academy. I mean, it just, it kind of blows me away because, you know, you don't take that lightly when you donate to a cause, that's something you believe in deeply. And it, it just, you know, it touches my heart. Mine too. I'm about to cry, and I'm not kidding because I'm sitting back thinking of when I started talking about the Nacho Kids Academy. You and I did, and I was talking to her about it one day, and she has always been so supportive of me. And there have been times, you know, what David that I've been like, you know, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not doing it anymore because it's stressful, y'all. It is beyond stressful, and mm-hmm. it's um. Of course it is. And then, you know, when you're... and it's, Well, it's not stressful to help people. It's stressful when, when I get attacked. Well, yeah. When you're, you're pouring all of your energy, like from sun up to sundown, you're pouring energy into what you're doing to provide a service for other people. And 90% of what we do, we give away completely free. And then for that small, tiny 10% that we happen to try to charge a little bit of money for, because it's a business, folks. Then people start attacking you over it. They don't attack me over it because you don't care. I, yeah, I don't care. Um, it's crazy. It's mm-hmm. crazy. But anyway, I don't want to think about that. No, not thinking about those negative people. Negative Nelly. But Sylvia has just always been great, and she's so supportive. And I just I love her to pieces. And like I said in the other podcast, there's some people that she's probably rubbed the wrong way, but. She wasn't lying to you, folks. She was just telling you what you didn't want to hear. Mm-hmm. What you didn't want to hear? What you didn't want to hear. <laughs> She's telling what you needed to hear. Yeah. You didn't want to hear it. Well, I remember we talked to her the other day. I said uh, something to the effect of, if I'm not making somebody mad, then I'm not doing my job. Mm-hmm. Because it's not easy to hear um, where your problems are, especially when the problems are in the mirror. David. And oftentimes that's the case. Because we can all improve mm-hmm. i think there's a big fallacy that oh she's the one that's causing all the issues or he's the one that's causing all the issues or the kids are the ones causing all no everybody plays a role mm-hmm. and you know we hear that sometimes coming from the women that's like well my husband my boyfriend he don't want to go to counseling or he doesn't want to join the academy because he thinks you know i'm the issue or whatever and i get it you know, I was there at one point too. Join yourself. Go to counseling yourself. You can always better yourself. And when you better yourself, you'll be surprised how it affects the people around you. Mm-hmm. 
Well, the other thing too is it 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 takes the focus off of you, so that even even if your significant other is part of the problem, and I believe everybody has parts of the problem that you know it's, it's never just one person. Uh, rarely is it. Let me just say it that way. But when you take that focus off of you, the other person starts going, "Wait a minute, okay." I'm still I'm still seeing some issues here, but they're not coming from her anymore, or they're not coming from him anymore. They're coming from me. Mm-hmm. Or they're coming from the way I see things or the way I'm reacting to things. So it's I mean, working on yourself is always a good investment. Right. All right. Let's talk about our guest. Okay. Who's our guest? Our guest is Katie. Hi, Katie. <laughs> Katie is a stepdaughter herself. Her and her stepdad. We're pretty close. Hmm. So she had a good relationship with stepdad. So Katie is a childless stepmom. Mm-hmm. They have been blending for 10 years. All right. They dated for two years prior to that. Okay. When they started dating, the stepkids were three, five, and 10. So now the stepkids are 15, 17, and 22. Mm. Those teenage years are kicking in. Yeah, but at least she's been through one already. But it's usually that last kid. It's off the chain. Yeah, but you got to think, though, that one that's already been through it was 10 when they started dating. And you know the difference in how your kids at nine acted towards me versus my son being yeah, four. He was, probably a, he was probably a problem in the beginning and then not a problem now. And then the other kids were probably okay in the beginning and then became a problem now. Why'd you call him a he? I don't know. Because you were wrong. Okay. So she. Okay. Stepdaughter, stepson, stepdaughter. All right. But then it's definitely a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We do talk about Christmas, as mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. But look, we're giving you a heads up. You've got six months till Christmas, seven months or so. So we we go ahead and address that so you can learn now. Yeah, because you got a stimulus check coming. Oh, my gosh. Do not talk (laughs) about that stimulus check. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, y'all, I'm cutting David off. Y'all get to listening to Katie. She's got some great advice. She's awesome. Uh, Do we tell people? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm switching gears. Katie, bear with me a second. But I don't think we told people how to apply for the scholarship at all. Well, they probably ain't listening no more. All right, whatever. Look, send in a, your video submission. A video. A, a video submission as to why you should have a month of scholarship uh, to the Academy. Send it to contact us at notyourkids.com. You can send the video or link, whichever. Uh, be creative. Uh, don't send us a video that's 30 minutes, but don't send me one that's 30 seconds. Right. So put put some thought into it. This is, you know, this is valuable. This is, you know, Sylvia worked hard for this money that she's donating to get you in the academy. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, you may look and go, it's only 49 bucks, dude. And then why aren't you in there? Well, number one, why aren't you in there? Number two. One of the challenges, one of the 30-day challenges is worth more than 49 bucks. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that because it took me 120 hours to do it. Yep. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. Quality. Yes. All right, David. Come on. Let's All right. get, get let's to listening. Get, let's get, get to listening. listening. All right. Here's a little bit about the Academy, and then we will get to uh, KE. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. 
In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle step family challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit NachoKidsAcademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's NachoKidsAcademy.com. Today, we have stepmom Katie. Hey, Katie, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well, doing well. <laughs> hey, Katie. Hi, David. How are you? <laughs> Why you say it like that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lori told me you like to joke around. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we will. We'll get into it. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, Katie, how long have you been blending? We have been married almost 11 years, and we've been together a uh, little over 12 so I'm like an OG stepmom. Mm. Yeah, you are. I am, yes. How old were the stepkids when y'all got married? When we got married, they were four, seven, and I guess 11, but we got married like a week before our 12th birthday, so 12. And now they are 15, 17, and 22. Wow. Yeah, we've been through some stuff. <laughs> I'm sure you have. I was getting ready to say, was it, you know, an easy ride? Was it the rainbows and unicorns? You know, they were really young when we got together. When we started dating, they were three, five, and 10. And so really they were pretty accepting. Um, I have a lot of friends who are stepmoms and I definitely don't have the worst story, but I don't have the easiest either. I would say somewhere in the middle. I think sometimes it was, it's been an advantage being in their life this long. and. Sometimes, you know, at the beginning, it is kind of all unicorns and rainbows because they're just little kids who just want to play with you. And I mean, as long as you have gum in your purse, they're pretty happy. <laughs> um, it's true. You know, I definitely backed off a lot. Um, I used to do more of the mom stuff, you know, when they were little kids and it required two parents and that you were outnumbered all the time. I was a lot more hands on and I am a lot more hands off now that they've become teenagers. That doesn't mean that I'm not there, but I kind of nachoed before I knew nacho was a thing. And I guess if you want a nacho success story, um, my oldest stepdaughter, you know, pushed me away a lot when she was a teenager, a lot. And now she's 22 and she just had a baby in March and we've gotten a lot closer. I'm, I'm not like a parent. I'm probably more like a fun aunt, which I'm fine being. But, you know, it was a couple months ago, my phone rang on a Saturday afternoon and I picked it up and she, she was calling and I thought, well, that's weird. She doesn't really call me a lot. And I said, Hey, what's up? And she's like, remember how you told me I could call you if I wanted to talk about school. She's in nursing school and has a baby and her and her boyfriend just bought a house that they're redoing and they're living with his parents while they're redoing this house. Ooh. So she has a lot on her plate. And I was like, yeah, what's up? And she goes, I hate everybody in my house today. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, what's up? Well, I ended up talking to her for about a half hour and what it was, she was just overwhelmed with life, which would be overwhelmed with all that stuff too, especially being 22 and, you know, not having the life experience that maybe a 40 year old has. But I guess to me, that was like, I told my husband later, I said, you know, that's kind of a success story of me backing off because she didn't call a parent. She didn't stick around and yell at her boyfriend. She got in the car and just called me. And she said, one of the reasons she called me was, she goes, I knew you wouldn't just say, well, your boyfriend's being a jerk <laughs> or just tell me what to do. She said, I knew you would just listen. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, it makes you feel good once you have that success, doesn't it? Oh, definitely. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, Nacho gets such a dirty reputation and people talk about it like it's a bad thing, but I think they don't truly understand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of people like that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I probably didn't either at first because the kids were so little and I was so hands-on. And, I mean, I'm, I'm a stepdaughter. My stepdad and my mom have been married since I was 12. And my stepdad was more like a dad to me. And we, in fact, we call him dad. Now that doesn't mean my dad's not the picture. He is, we call both dad. And so I think that I assumed I would slip into that role. And I did at first fairly easily. And then, you know, when the kids got older and I hear and see that a lot now is as kids get older, they, you know, maybe push the step parent away a little bit, or they're gaining a little bit of independence. And, you know, when you're a teenager, you don't even like your own parents. Why would you like an extra set around? That's what I was getting ready to say. So, yeah, and, and I, I guess in one way, being a step kid, I could kind of relate to that because I, my stepdad deserves a purple heart for having me and my sister around. <laughs> we were awful. And now, I mean, I think my parents have been married 27 years now. I'd have, yeah, 27 years. And then, and we're, we're a big blended family. And if you ask my stepdad how many kids he has, he says, well, free. I have two girls and a boy. Um, cause he and my mom had my brother a couple years after they got married. But if you would ask me how many kids I have, I always say I have three stepkids. And neither is right, neither is wrong. They're just different. Right. I usually say yep. I have one, he has four. Yep. Or we have five together. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. a big blend. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. I say we have, uh, I have four and then she's got one by some other man. I don't know who it is. <laughs> If you ever look at our family pictures, all three of my stepkids look exactly like my husband. And so our family pictures look like this big game of one of these things does not belong. (laughs) And that is you. (laughs) And that is me. Yes. What's funny is my son looks more like David than he does me. Really? Yes. Oh, that's too funny. It's funny because I, when people, when you talk about like which parent you act like, I don't necessarily act like my dad or my mom. I am almost more like my stepdad. And I'm like, we're both like very much our own person, don't like people telling us what to do and stuff. So yeah, it's definitely a nature versus nurture argument there. Hey, I might be related to you because I don't like people telling me what to do either. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we might be related. Who knows? Mm -mm -mm. Yeah, sometimes Jackson does stuff and I'm like, oh my gosh, that is David. It's it's scary. (laughs) Yeah. That's because I'm teaching it to him. What? (laughs) You know, like today he was in the office and I was teaching him all these little pressure points and stuff. And so every time I show him one, he would have to get to his mom and use it on her. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> uh, tell me about it. I'm still hurting. <laughs> You're getting abused. Uh, yeah, that's right. Look, I'm calling somebody. <laughs> it should be like old woman abuse or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're getting up there. It's almost elder abuse. Yeah. A couple more well, years. I wasn't going to say elder abuse. I'll let David put his foot in his mouth. <laughs> uh, yeah, I usually, you know, put something really tasty on my toes because I know I'll put my foot in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> You're so stupid. <laughs> I was going to say his foot is always in his mouth. Yeah, mine usually is too. We have that in common. Uh oh. Uh, yeah, it's a lot different when I have my foot in her mouth, though. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I know this is off base or off topic or whatever. <laughs> feet are nasty. 
<laughs> don't put your feet on yeah. me, near me. I don't want to smell them, see them, look at them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yep. I might have to. I don't know. I used to be a hairstylist and used to have to give pedicures, and I really did not like that part of my job. No, I love going and getting a pedicure, but I don't like giving them. I would throw up. Yeah, Jackson <laughs> will sit next to her on the couch and just slide his foot over and touch her, and she freaks out. And <laughs> it was that's just mean. Yeah, he's a button pusher. He learned that from his stepdaddy. <laughs> I'm proud of him. Sounds like it. <laughs> 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 yeah. And when he had cute little baby feet, that was okay. Right. But now he's older and now it's it's not okay. Yeah. Probably about the age of four. It's like, uh-uh, don't touch me with your feet. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Nasty. Mm. Yeah. So when you were in your blend growing up, how often did you see your dad? Well, I still saw my dad. We lived in the same small town. So like every other weekend, um, you know, then I, a pretty normal schedule. Once I was in high school, we didn't stay overnight as much, but I still saw him quite often. And he was a trucker. And so sometimes he wasn't home. Sometimes he was on the road overnight. So I still saw him, you know, a decent amount. My stepdad was just more of a dad figure um, to me. We had a lot in common. We like, both liked to ride horses. And, you know, he was around all the time and my dad wasn't. And it wasn't it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just how it was, is how I look at it. Right. And like I said, we were pretty lucky. I mean, I know step parents who wouldn't do half of the stuff that he did for us. Um, he owned an auto body shop and I never had to worry about a car, paying for a car until I was out on my own. You know, he always kept me. Now, sometimes the car was a $500 car that was from the alley that still ran and sometimes it was a really, really nice car. So you didn't know what you were going to get someday. But you had something. But I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably didn't appreciate those $500 cars very much. And I was a total pain about it. But for some reason, he was still nice to me. Now, did he discipline you? Uh, yes and no. Um, and I think, you know, I definitely rejected that sometimes. I'd be like, you know, you're not my dad. Um and I did get my car taken away a couple of times for mouth and off. Like I said, my mouth gets me in trouble a lot. I learned. But um, I guess in our family, it was just kind of expected that he would do that. You know, he assumed a lot of responsibility. Now that I'm a step parent and I look back at it, I'm like, how did you deal with that? You married a woman with two preteen daughters. Like, did you have to drink every day? Did you? Is that how you got through it? <laughs> and he swears he didn't. He swears he didn't. And now we're very close. Um, you know, I, went, I even went through a time where I would get super annoyed with my mom and I'd be like, I only want to talk to Brad. His name is Brad. <laughs> so Brad, the stepdad. Yeah. Brad, the stepdad. Yeah. And I'm kind of a Brad's girl. And I mean, I'm 39 and I, I'm still a Brad's girl. It's terrible. Now, and your dad was not um, offended or hurt. Offended. Sorry. You know, I, <laughs> yeah, I think he was because sometimes he would make comments, but I don't know. I always had it in my mind that, you know, if you want to see us more often, call us up and do it. Right. Not, I don't know. I've always been, my mom said that ever since I was younger too, everything is always pretty black and white to me. Like either do it or don't. This is how it is. Move on. Um, yeah, I think my dad definitely was hurt by it, but I will say, you know, in the last 10, 15 years, my dad's come around a lot and I'm actually closer with him than I used to be too. Oh, that's good. So you think when yeah. your mom, um, if your dad wanted to get you more, your mom was open to that? 
Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. Def- she probably wanted us out of the house. We were pains. <laughs> but yeah, she w- she would have been open to that. She never kept us from my dad. And one thing like, and I appreciate this about my husband too. My mom to this day has never said anything bad about my dad and they've been, well, they've been divorced for 30 years now. She's never said anything bad about my dad. She's always, you know, open when I go home to visit, I spend time with both of them. She's, she's just never made her issues with him. Our, my sister and I's issues, if that makes sense. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. She's, you know, and he really doesn't say anything bad. I mean, maybe when we were teenagers once in a while, but he really doesn't say anything bad about my mom either. And now, you know, they've been divorced for 30 years. It's not, it's pretty much a non-issue. I mean, they can see each other and talk and it's it just, it is what it is. I wish I had some great deep comment about it, but I don't. Yeah. Well, it's like that was a different life. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And now, I mean, my sister and I are in our late thirties. We're grown and I have stepkids and she has kids and, you know, we don't live at home. It's just, it's a lot different now. Now, do you have any kids? I don't. Nope. I, um, can't have any because of a medical issue. And we talked about adopting and holy cow, that can be a whole nother podcast, but kind of ultimately decided it really wasn't for us. Um, I, I, I never really knew if I wanted kids or not. Um, and I always knew, I mean, I've known even since like the age of like in my teens that I probably couldn't have them. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, for a while, I really thought I wanted one, but I really, really looked at why I wanted one. And the reason I wanted one was because I felt like after I married my husband, I felt like everybody took his ex-wife more seriously because she had kids and I didn't. I was like, well, if I have a kid, everybody will take me seriously. Well, that's a terrible reason to have a kid. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that I, it wasn't that I truly wanted one. Because when I think about things like late night feedings and getting them ready for school and that stuff, that none of that stuff makes me want to have a kid. I've always been much better at being the fun aunt. You can ask my nieces and nephews, <laughs> but parenting just isn't for me. I love to do my own thing. I don't like anybody else infringing on my time a lot. And, you know, I was always open to marrying somebody with kids and it worked out. I married a great guy. All my friends ask, how do I get my husband to act like that? I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> he just does. <laughs> It just, it just never really felt right for us. We looked at adopting and I was like, I was just never a hundred percent on board and he was never a hundred percent on board. And I swore if I didn't have kids by the time I was 35, then I was just done with it. And I just wasn't going to. And I kind of noticed between the ages of about 32 and 33, I just wasn't having those feelings anymore of, Oh, I really want a kid. I really want a kid. And then when I was 34, My husband and I went and purchased a Harley. And after that, I was like, we are not having a kid because you're not going to go motorcycle riding and leave me at home with a baby. No, (laughs) that's not happening. (laughs) So we we didn't have a baby. We had a Harley. There you go. Harleys are almost as expensive as kids, though. Yeah. 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 That initial. Yeah. 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 But like my dad who owns the body shop says, they hold their value. (laughs) Yeah. I think they do. Yeah. But then maybe they're not like kids. Yeah, they do. That's true. Yeah. Well, and you can put it in the garage and, you know, you got to pay insurance on it every year, but you can put it in the garage. And if you're not using it, you don't have to feed it and discipline it. That's true. I know we talked about yeah. David and his motorcycle um, one time on the podcast. We, um, I love that motorcycle. 
Yeah, that's the only reason she married me for the Harley. Uh, it was well, one of the top five. <laughs> one of the top. You know, ours was kind of the opposite. My dad and stepdad have always both had a Harley around, and so I remember kind of joking with my husband about it. He was like, "Even if I ever get a motorcycle, I'm not going to get a Harley because they're really loud." And I was like, "What? Like, why would you not get a Harley?" <laughs> and he was kind of against it. And then all of a sudden a few years ago, he was like, you know, I've been thinking a Harley wouldn't be so bad. And I'm like, what, what really? And he kind of started looking at him and I told my mom one day, I said, we're kind of thinking about getting a Harley. And you would have thought I had told her that I was expecting a baby because she was so excited because <laughs> <laughs> they love to go on motorcycle trips and stuff. So yeah, she thought us getting a Harley was just great. And then I think it's what a month later we got one. We saw the same one too. Awesome. Yeah. It's it's like when you own one of those, you're part of a community. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Well, definitely. Long story short, David um, had his, took the kids for a ride, um, had an accident. The kid didn't Woo! get hurt. David got hurt. Then after that, we got it fixed and we're still riding and two other things happen. And I said, I'm not getting back on it ever again. I think I said, I oh. will not get back on the death machine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's scary. I know my mom's an ER nurse and she still gets on my stepdad's all the time and rides. Cause I asked her, I'm like, well, you know, do you, she's like, Oh yeah. I see motorcycle victims come in. I was like, and you still get on. She's like, yeah, when it's your time, it's your time. I'm like, well, that seems to simplify it. <laughs> yeah, but I don't want my time before my time to be laying in the bed exactly. as a vegetable. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, I trip over something now and get hurt. And I can't imagine hitting the pavement. <laughs> yeah, it don't feel good. <laughs> yeah, I bet not. Oh, my goodness. You're lucky to be here. Yes, he is. Yeah, and we don't have a helmet law in this state, so I didn't have a helmet on. The kid okay. did. What state are you in? South Carolina. Okay. Yeah. We're in Arkansas. We used to be in Iowa. So we don't have helmet laws either that I know of. Maybe I've been riding illegally. Who knows? <laughs> well, North Carolina does. So anytime we would go into North Carolina, we'd have to take the helmets with us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I picked my son up from school the other day and he said, I think I want to get a motorcycle. I'm like, eh, eh. <laughs> and he said, yeah, when I turned 16. And I was like, no. I said, you can't even get one when you're 18 unless you moved out of my house. And, um, the friend that was with him said, dude, I told you she wasn't going to let you get one. <laughs> <laughs> they knew, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, we're, you know, for having a mom and a sister that are emergency room nurses, like you think we'd be more safe, but we ride horses and four wheelers and motorcycles and yeah, we just do. <laughs> yeah, we've had all those things. It just seems to hit you a little bit closer to home when it is close to home. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, I like riding horses till one laid on me, and then I was kind of done with that. <laughs> yeah, they have a mind of their own. You know, somebody was saying they would rather their kid rode a horse than a four-wheeler once, and I was like, no, 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 no. I'm like, the four-wheeler, if something goes wrong, nine times out of ten, it's your fault. You were jumping a ditch you shouldn't have been. You took a turn too sharp. I said, when you get on a horse, that thing has a whole other mind. Mm-hmm. They pin those you ears know? back so Lori gets off. Yep, exactly. Which is the worst thing and you can do. I've been, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I've been thrown off more than once, and I did find out it hurts a lot more in your 30s than in your teens. Mm. Yeah. I pictured uh, like the 911 coming with the helicopter and lifting the horse off my dead body. 
<laughs> I'm not kidding. It felt like I was under there for years. All I could do was miggle, wiggle my feet. That's the only part of my body I could move. Oh, God. That would have been terrifying. I haven't had that happen. It's like the witch under the house. That's what I felt like. <laughs> yep. But did you have cute shoes on? Yeah, kids. My little white kids were wiggling. Oh, oh. oh okay. Yeah. She's a serious rider. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> Yep, didn't have my cowgirl boots on. That's probably why I was about to say that's why we wrecked. <laughs> no, yeah. come to find out, the horse was not broke. Oh, yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. Well, it had bucked me off yeah. earlier that night. And, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm a big girl. Get back on. No big deal. And then yeah. that time, I remember thinking, this isn't like last time. And then the next thing you know, <laughs> I was in the complete dark and I couldn't move. Oh, God. Yeah. Mm. Very interesting. Ugh. But anyway, yeah. back to the set family stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about how long it took to break you. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's probably still working on it. <laughs> Some days I'm sure he wishes I was not as opinionated and outspoken as I am. Hey, that's what they love about us. Really? Most days, I'm sure. We <laughs> should probably bring my husband on for this part of the podcast. I know. <laughs> yeah, go right ahead. <laughs> so you still have one kid living at home. Is that right? Well, yeah, they actually were kind of another interesting story. We had always lived in the same small town as his ex-wife or bio mom. And about a little over a year ago, my husband got a job offer from another company. And we actually moved from Iowa to Arkansas. So we're about 12 hours away. So the two kids, um, two kids live with his ex-wife and they're 15 and 17. They're a freshman and a senior in high school. And then the oldest daughter is 22. And she lives um, a few hours away from them, actually closer to us, with her boyfriend and their baby. So um, they come down. We had them for like a week at Christmas and a week in the summer. And we've traveled up there a couple times, too. So you don't see them very often? No, not anymore. And they used to be, you know, in every other weekend or if there was an extra day off school, like they'd come for that night or something, it used to be, you know, sometimes they'd just show up because they had cars and bikes and mopeds and we lived in the same town. So that was definitely an adjustment for us. And, um, but they like Arkansas and my husband's good about going up there and watching their sporting events. In fact, he's going up in a couple of weeks just to, just to go for a weekend and see a couple basketball games. And they've both made state cross country. So he traveled up to Iowa and, went and watched that. Oh, that's cool. And we FaceTime and we have a family Snapchat. We FaceTime and text and call and stuff. And they're teenagers. I mean, even when we lived in the same town as them, when it was their weekend with us, we didn't see them that much. They're all three kids have been really involved in sports and are with their friends. And, you know, once they hit about 13, we're really not that cool anymore. We found out. (laughs) That's just their perception. (laughs) Yeah. How did dad deal with the fact that he only has them, you know, every other weekend and then, you know, they don't really want to be there. They want to be run around doing other things because the reason I ask that is we have some people who really have a hard time adjusting to that because they only have, you know, what, four days a month with them anyway. And then yeah. they're having to share that time with, you know, friends and, and a lot of times even the other parent um, mm-hmm. is getting them on uh, on the other parents weekend. So how did your husband deal with that? He was actually really good about it. Um, that's one thing we never really had a problem with. If it was a family event or something, he would say, you know, I really want you there. 
but if it was the weekend and you know they wanted to have a friend over or they wanted to go to a friend's he really didn't have a problem with it because like he said it's not fair to keep them from living their life and doing their things just because they're with us and like i said when we were in the same town if we wanted to you know every once in a while he would pick one of the kids up and take just him and that kid or sometimes just me and him and that kid out for supper to get a little one-on-one time so you know it's just something we were pretty flexible and just made it work mm-hmm. well i think that's important to have the one-on-one time uh, we tried to do that as well. Definitely. A little, little bit harder with, because uh, I had four kids. And so, you know, having to juggle that around was, was kind of difficult. But I do want to reiterate the, what you said about your husband um, having that viewpoint that the kids living their life and doing their own thing is, is important. Because oftentimes we as parents, uh, look at the kids and say, well, I want time with them and I want them to be with me and I want this and I, 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 and we forget that the kids need their own life and they need to have some autonomy and, and that sort of thing as well. Oh yeah. And 100%, you know, and the few times that, you know, maybe we did tell them they had to stay home or something, they were sulking and whiny. So why, who wants a kid around that's whining and doesn't want to be there? And we went to all their games. We found ways to connect with them. I mean, as a teenager, they don't want to sit down and talk with their parents. I found if I wanted my stepson to bond with me a little bit, he has a major sweet tooth and I can bake cookies. (laughs) Funny thing, as soon as I'd start baking cookies, the six foot tall kid would wander into the kitchen and be like, hey, (laughs) you making chocolate chip cookies? Yes, I am. And he'd stand down there and talk to me so he could eat the dough. But, you know, you just, you kind of find your way to connect with them. With my oldest stepdaughter, if I wanted to connect with her, she thinks Starbucks is the greatest, still thinks Starbucks is the greatest thing ever. I'd put her in the car and we'd go to Starbucks. With my youngest stepdaughter, she loves sports. Her and I like to watch sports together and trash talk other teams. And you just, you find ways to connect. It doesn't have to be a meal every single night. Although I will say teenagers love food. And if you're making food, they're usually not too far behind. (laughs) Yeah, I had one of my kids that I would always have to um, help him do uh, dishes when he when his chore was to do dishes. Um, I would do that with him. And, of course, Lori didn't know at the time that that's my reason for doing that wasn't to help him do dishes. It was because that was the only way I could spend time with him. Oh, yeah. And so I would, you know, wait until he was a you know a captive audience. And I'd sit and I'd jump in there and go, hey, you want me to help you out? And of course he wanted me to help him, but it was my way of being able to spend, you know, five or 10 minutes just having a conversation with him without him running off and putting headphones on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or playing Xbox or doing whatever teenagers do these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, you know, you find your way. Yeah. And I think that's important because, you know, I had to find different things with each of David's kids because they're, they're not mm-hmm. all the same. Oh, yeah. It's almost like finding their love language. I agree 100%. And it's funny, my stepdaughter and her boyfriend are coming down probably late December, early January, and they're going to bring the baby and they're going to come down for a few days. And she's just like, we're going to go to Starbucks, right? <laughs> like, of course, we'll go to Starbucks. I'll buy you, buy you your iced coffee you need so bad. I like the vanilla bean frappuccino. That's what my other stepdaughter likes. She thinks those things are the best thing ever. They are. They're like snow cream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. She's like, I'm like, it's basically a milkshake. She's like, I know. That's why I love it. Oh, no. It's not basically a milkshake. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the one she gets, I think, when she was little, she'd just get the vanilla 
like it had like no coffee in it. Oh, that's what this now is. Now I think it's like coffee ones. Oh, is that no. what this one is? Okay. Yeah, the vanilla bean frappuccino has no coffee. I don't do coffee. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, coffee is like my love language. Coffee and food. <laughs> well, do you know what snow cream is? No. What is it? I knew you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, here in the South, we don't get much of that white precipitation. <laughs> and when we do, we take a bowl and we put it outside and collect snow. Now, uh-huh. legend has it you're not supposed to collect the first snow because it has more pollutants and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. our parents didn't care. <laughs> You'd stick that bowl outside, get it full, bring it inside. You mix like a cup of sugar, some Eagles brand sweet milk, and vanilla extract. Vanilla extract. It's like sugar snow. It's all it is. Well, now that sounds good. Maybe I should call my mom because they're in the middle of a snowstorm up there. She could probably make a bunch of it. Oh, yes. Nice. Now, the thing <laughs> is, is you pretty much have to eat it when you make it. You can't really store oh, yeah. it because it gets the, almost that icy glaze over it. Sure. Yep. But maybe that's because we live in the South and we got mostly ice. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Northwest. Yeah. Iowa has pretty much snow and ice from November till March if you're lucky. Shoot, yeah, girl, get down and make some snow cream. <laughs> I, well, if I go home this winter, I will. <laughs> You'll be Googling how to make snow cream. Yeah, I'm <laughs> hoping it snows here in Arkansas so I can make some. Well, we did learn to put the uh, bowls to catch the snow in on top of the car so the dogs uh-huh. wouldn't pee in them. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's probably a problem, isn't it? Yeah. See, I think the Chick-fil-A ice cream tastes like snow cream. It's pretty close. Oh, Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah! I didn't know that. Maybe if you add another pound of sugar, it'd be just right <laughs> on. Well, that makes everything better, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, you'll have to tell your stepkids how to make snow cream, too. I will. They'll like that. That sounds like something they would do. It's good. No, you well, you got a, a grand step or step grand or whatever it is. <laughs> I do, yeah. She's my favorite. She doesn't yeah. talk yet. She's just crawl. She's learning to crawl. Yeah, so you just get snow cream, um, get your snow cream yeah. and make like a popsicle thing out of it and give it to her, man. Just oh, get her all jacked geez. up. Pure sugar. I'm sure her parents would love that, wouldn't they? <laughs> that reminds me of one day David, uh, one of his kids came home, one of the triplets with a monster drink. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Because this kid was already wired to the hill without anything. So I let him drink it right before he went to his mama's one day. <laughs> That's awesome. I was like, don't forget to drink your monster. (laughs) Yeah. She now I walk in the kitchen. She's going chug, 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 chug. (laughs) That's awesome. I used to like buy my nieces and nephews really loud toys, you know, to irritate my sister. And then I had stepkids and she walked in at Christmas one year and just grinned at me. And I thought, oh, crap. What What did you do? You know, I didn't really mind loud toys for my son because as long as the toy was going, I knew what he was doing. Right. Yeah. It's when toddlers get quiet is when you have to wonder what's going on. Yeah. Because if they get quiet within probably 20 seconds, you hear. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. So tell us some of the struggles you had with the stick. Well, you know what? I got a question before we go there. Yeah. When your husband decided to move, was it an easy decision for him to move so far away from his kids? I'm guessing not. Um, You know, yes and no. We had kind of had a plan. Neither one of us liked living in a small town. 
Um, it was a town that we both grew up in. I had lived in Des Moines, Iowa for quite some time uh, during college and after college graduation. Moved back there when I met him. There weren't really a lot of career opportunities for me, and he was lucky enough to have a really good career there. We always knew that we didn't want to end up there. And our thing was, we kind of thought when the youngest one graduated, we're going to move to like Des Moines because we had a lot of friends down there. We really liked the city. And um, we'd actually thought about moving to a city, excuse me, that was about an hour away from where we lived. Um, but this job opportunity came up and it was a little further and then the company he was with kind of wanted to move into Chicago. And we kind of looked and compared and Arkansas was a lot easier choice just because of the affordability and it was actually a better job too. Mm-hmm. And so we talked about it and talked about it. And I said, you know, if you, if you want to wait, it's fine. But he kind of pointed out a job opportunity like this one doesn't come along very often. And what if it's another 10 years instead of another five and we can't leave. Um, and we had actually had our house up for sale anyway, because we wanted a different house because we had one bathroom in our house and with three stepkids or two stepkids that were there a lot. And, you know, one being she was in college then, um, an adult, it was difficult. We just wanted a different house. It was also a house that he had lived in with his ex for a short amount of time. And so we wanted a different house. Mm -hmm. So our house was already on sale when he got the call about this job. And I think, you know, it wasn't the easiest decision, but it was also one of those things where he and I kind of talked about it. And I told him if he didn't want to, we didn't have to. He really wanted to. And it's been a really good move for us. That's good. Yeah, we love it. Well, let's um, talk a second about moving into the house that he and the ex shared. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here we go. Well, here we go. <laughs> well, well see, I, mean, I mean, it's a big life. thing. A lot of it, it happens to a, a lot of people. Thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he and his ex only lived in there for like six months. And when I moved in, we had actually talked about moving to that city that was about an hour away, but the kids were really young and there was just some kind of high conflict stuff going on that he kind of decided he didn't, maybe we, that wasn't a good idea. I ended up getting a better job there. And so we stayed. Um, it was a very old house. We fixed it up a lot, you know, new flooring, new property. It definitely was not the same as when his ex lived there. And that was always something that kind of bothered me because I felt like, well, I'm living in the house that you and your ex lived in, even if it was just for a shorter amount of time. We never really got to pick out one together. And it kind of felt like I was always trying to fit into his life instead of us trying to make a life together. Mm-hmm. And that was one thing that's been really great about us moving. Um, we rented for six months when we moved here and we just built a house. Um, we moved into our house that we built last April. And that was really awesome for us. We found a great rental, but this house is just, we picked out literally every single thing in the entire house we picked out together. And so that's been really fun to have a place of ours. Yeah. Cause it feels different. Oh, yeah. So much different. When Lori moved in here, she had a hard time with you know the fact that this house was built when I was with my ex. But, you know, as I told her, my ex didn't like almost any, anything in the house. She had very little say so over it, not because I was not giving her the choice, but just because she made some really bad choices and I just didn't like it. So, <laughs> you know, she would come over and go, I thought we decided to do this. And I'm like, oh, I don't understand why the builders did it that way. But oh, well. <laughs> You lied. <laughs> terrible. That's you terrible. Lied. Yeah, but she wa- like she wanted carpet in the room where like the dining room area, like the table with four small kids eating food on a carpeted floor. No. 
<laughs> we had that in our old house. We got rid of it real quick. I know that was crazy. And then she wanted, um, yeah, she wanted French doors going into the bedroom that with glass French doors now. And I'm like, why would I oh, want glass yeah, no. doors seeing in my into the bedroom? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I got to agree with you on that. And you know, and then it was just all these other things, you know. So anyway, by the time it was all said and done, she's just like, I don't care. This is, this is your house. I mean, I even designed the house so she didn't have much, very much say so but anyway when Lori okay <laughs> when Lori discovered all that she goes well okay well I guess it's not too bad then <laughs> well yeah thing is before David and I got married I had my own house and I liked my house and then you move he- in here and it was like you said trying to fit in to their groove and mm-hmm. everything was what the kids were used to the decor just made me nauseous and it just, it wasn't anything to do with me at all. And then when I started changing stuff, the kids started flipping out, you know. Oh, she, wow. She's making our house brown. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. And see, I wanted her to change stuff. I'm like, change whatever you want. Change the walls. Change change the flooring. I don't care. Change anything you want to change. I'm fine. But yeah, the kids were like, you know, oh my gosh, she's taking away all of our memories of stuff. <laughs> I was like. Sure. And that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and before I moved in with my husband, I had my own house. I bought my own house when I was fairly young, and it was a brand new townhouse. So everything was the way I wanted it. And then I moved into his house. It was very old, and he was renting it and then had bought it after his ex had moved out. And um, it was, you guys will laugh at this, it was wallpaper everywhere, and it had these awful paisley drapes. They looked like they belonged in a funeral home. (laughs) But every. But apparently this house had been in better homes and gardens in the 1960s. And every little old lady in town was like, oh, that's the most beautiful house. I'm like, yeah, no, we're going to have to, we're going to update that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. David's house had um, wallpaper border of lighthouses everywhere. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Nah. We got rid of that real fast. You'd have thought it was a house at the beach with all the lighthouse decor. (laughs) (laughs) But it was not, right? It was not. Mm-mm. No. We're as close to the beach as we are the mountains. Oh, well. That's true. I think it's harder yeah. when the stepmom does move into the previous house, even if it wasn't a house that bio mom lived in, because it's not a house that they got together. Right. Yeah. And our plan was to get one together right away. And then it, you know, life happens and it didn't work out. And it was 10 years later when we finally did get one together. And, you know, there were a lot of times I really wish wish we could have lived in a different house but you know it's just not the way it worked out and it was a pretty cheap house and every time we you know think about even buying another one it would be like well gosh yeah we're, we're going to double our mortgage let's see do we want to have fun money or do we want to be tied to our house and now things are different we live in arkansas it's still very affordable it was very affordable where we used to live too but um we were able to build what we wanted and it's nice and we have enough guest rooms that, you know, all three stepkids can be here and each have their own room still kind of. So it worked out well for us. Yeah. Yeah. David's house is on um, family land. So oh. we're stuck here for so a that while. So that makes it, say, that <laughs> makes it really tough to move. Then. Now, did you guys live in the same town when you met or did you have to move to a different town? I moved to a completely different town. Okay. Yeah, probably yeah. 45 minutes away. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, I did that too. It was, <gasps> yep. Yeah, because you don't know anybody. And I mean, yeah. I still, after living here 10 years, I still don't know how to get places. <laughs> yeah. 
Yep. And mainly because I go back to the town I grew up in a lot of times to do my shopping and stuff like that because that's where I'm comfortable, I guess. Yeah, it's where you're comfortable. No, that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, David's like, well, I don't want to put any money in the house because you don't want to be here. I'm like, well, we're kind of stuck here for a little while. Might <laughs> as well enjoy <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. She's like, can we move when your parents die? And I'm like, uh, maybe. And she's like, okay. <laughs> and then she starts buying all this this uh, stuff, like, you know, chemicals and everything. And <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe she would do that. Mama, would you like a drink? Wink, wink. No, she's like inviting my parents up for dinner all the time. And I don't, I don't know. It's just. Well, I'm going to tell you that's not true because um, I had to nacho Mama for quite a while. Yeah. yeah. Talking about a battle there, man. Um, yeah. Because when, when I got divorced, um, my mom stepped in and kind of helped me take care of the kids. And because I had a job where mm-hmm. I was going to work at like four o'clock in the morning. And so oh, she, wow. yeah, so she would have to come up and, you know, get the kids and take them to school. And, and I usually got off in time to get them from school, but getting them to school was like, there's no way I could do it. And so she would, she was helping there. And of course, you know, she would come and cook dinner half the time, well, probably 90% of the time. Laundry, so she, house you know, cleaning. Yeah, she did all yeah. of it. So, you know, she was retired. And so, uh, and it's her grandkids and her kids. So she does all this work. Well, then, you know, next thing I, you know, you know, I'm married. Lori's in here. And now this slow boil starts to happen where, you know, you're displacing somebody. Ooh. And then, but yeah, it got to, a, it finally hit a, a boiling point and it, it exploded. And yeah. Then, and, you know, we kind of had the same situation. When my husband and his ex divorced, he worked a job where sometimes you'd have to work Saturdays or he'd, you know, my ex to work some overtime and his mom really helped him out a lot. And then I came and if he had to work a Saturday, it was always from like eight till noon or maybe like 6 a.m. till 10 a.m. So instead of bringing the kids over there early in the morning or something, I would just stay with them because I was perfectly capable of taking care of them. And, you know, I didn't think about that until a few years later. But from her point of view, it probably did feel like I was stepping on her toes. And then I felt really bad about it because I didn't want her to think that I was pushing her away if that makes any sense to you. Mm, Oh yeah. So, but yeah, it is. And you know, like my mother-in-law and I, we're not a Jerry Springer story or anything like that. It's not drama, but. Oh, shucks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. You were hoping for something juicy, weren't you? (laughs) Um, We just, we don't relate to each other a lot. Um, She's very, very afraid of change. And I kind of thrive on it. Change makes her very nervous. Um, And so us moving to Arkansas was a really big deal for her. I mean, as well as us, obviously, but my husband's brother does not live in the town that they grew up in. And my mother-in-law, like one thing, she doesn't really like to drive out of town or, you know, especially if she doesn't really know where she's going. Um, And so if the kids had a game that was away in a different town, she would ride with us a lot. Well, now she can't really do that. And so that's been kind of frustrating for her. Um, But yeah, we just, we don't relate to each other a lot. And it's, it's not like a, I don't think she completely like disapproves of me or anything, but I I know that I make her nervous sometimes. (laughs) And, you know, she grew up in a small town and I did too. And then I went away and then I came back. Um, Her kids have always been very important to her, which kids are important. They should be, but I've never really wanted kids. And so she can't really relate to that either. Um, And we see it. She's, she gets along very well with my husband's ex-wife and there's nothing 
the husband's ex-wife is not super high conflict anymore, but it still, it's just makes for a really awkward situation when I'm there and I'm like, okay, how do I fit in? You know, um, Jay, and my husband and I view this differently too. He views it as, you know, she just wants to see her grandkids as much as possible. And so that's why she's so nice to his ex-wife and stuff. And I viewed it as a disrespect to our marriage. I don't think she meant it that way, but that's how it came across to me because that's how I perceived it. Right. Well, what gets me is when the in-law will complain about the bio mom but then they see her at an activity for the kids or something, and it's, oh, hey, how <laughs> yes. are you doing? Oh, my goodness, so much yes there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, and that's kind of frustrating to me, too, you know. And I, like I said, I don't have an issue with my husband's ex-wife. I mean, she's the kid's mom. I respect her, and I will always respect my mother-in-law, too, because if I ever didn't, I, my mom would still probably slap me. Mm-hmm. And, so it just gets really difficult once in a while because you feel like you're not supposed to be there. And that was part of the reason, you know, going back to when we talked about having a kid, I'm like, well, maybe his family will take me seriously if I, you know, have a kid. Right. That's, again, that's a terrible reason to want a kid. We ultimately decided it wasn't for us to have another one. But it is, I know I make my mother-in-law nervous because our, um, one thing I found, Lori, and maybe, I don't know if you found this too, but i I do get this vibe from a lot of other stepmoms is if the husband makes a decision that maybe either the bio mom or the kids or the mother-in-law doesn't like, it gets blamed on the stepmom. Oh yeah, girl. You know, I think a lot of people, and we found out the rumor going around of, you know, small town where we used to live was that I forced James to move two states away. And it's like, no, we moved for his job. This was a, it was a mutual decision. It was. But we moved for his job. I didn't even have a job when we first moved here. (laughs) I didn't like threaten to divorce him. I would have stayed with him if we were, even if we had stayed in the town that we didn't really like. In fact, you know, he got the job offer. And then it was like two nights later when his daughter came over and told us that they were going to have a baby. And I was like, so do you still want to move? And he's like, yeah, I still want to move. You know, this isn't my baby. I don't need to be around 24-7 to raise it. This is a grandbaby. This is a baby we get to have fun with. And we do. Right. And you know what? I bet that his mom probably felt better blaming y'all moving on you because that way it wasn't that her son wanted to leave her. Yeah. Yeah. And when you look at it that way, it's like, oh, okay. You know, and one thing I really had to do with, and this applies to any sort of family members that maybe you don't think they approve or it's something was, okay, why does this bother me? Well, when we were at a family gathering and his brother and his mom were talking about his ex, you know, somewhat favorably, it made me feel like I was inferior to her. Well, I'm not. Well, once I realized that, okay, I feel that way, but I'm not inferior to her, it started to bother me a lot less. Mm-hmm. And I will say it kind of did come to a head once where I was kind of like, okay, let's talk about something else, you know, just trying to change the subject. And nobody really did. And so later that night, we were supposed to all go do something. And I said, you know, I'm staying home. Like, I just, I don't need to go over there and hear about your ex all night. And my husband and I kind of got in an argument and he went over there without me. And I think it was the next day he finally went over there without me again. And he talked to him and he was like, you know, we talk about my ex a lot. And it truthfully, it kind of got better for a while. And now it's back to how it was. And he pointed that out to me not too long ago. He's like, you know, you wanted me to talk to him. And I did. And nothing has changed. And I said, you're right. But 
I said, I just wanted you to put in that effort and show that our marriage was important to you. Any results we got off that were just the icing on the cake. I'm just glad that you made it clear that I was a priority to you. Like, please don't disrespect our marriage. I said, whether or not they stop talking about her or stop being buddy-buddy with her is, is out of both of our control. And I've always known that. I'm just happy that I feel like I'm important to you. Right. Because nobody wants to hear anybody talk about their husband's ex. I don't even care if it's really in a bad way because it's still a reminder. Yeah. It's still, it's still something that you're not a part of. I mean, it's awkward to hear about a family event that they did years before I came into the picture. And I know he was with her for a while. He had three kids with her. Like, I just sometimes, I would rather more focus on now than what had happened. Right. You know, the kids would also bring up things that they had done with their parents. And I think a mm-hmm. lot of it was because, not that they wanted to get under my skin, but they wanted to make sure that I didn't take those memories away. Oh, yeah, definitely. And when you see it like that, isn't it so much easier to be like, oh, okay, this isn't about me. Like, this is okay. And, you know, my stepkids, they were so young when we got together. But, you know, they would talk about their moms, but it was more like matter of fact things. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my mom likes to make this for supper. My mom likes to drink this kind of pop. Stuff like that. Right. And sometimes it was a little bit annoying, but it was more matter of fact. Now, they would always, we did find out they like to pit us against each other once not. Well, my mom lets me do this. And I talked to her and she'd be like, no, I do not. <laughs> nice try, though, kids. So you talked to be, uh, by a mom? Yeah. Um, we, you know, we're in a small, we were in a small town and we had a lot of mutual friends. And so we were always, you know, things were not perfect. It was pretty high conflict for a while, but we were always fairly civil with each other. Um, definitely have had some years where it's great and some years where it's not. Now I rarely talk to her just because the kids are older now and we don't live there and see her as much. She does, she does 99% of the communication through my husband. Um, but there was a time now kind of a funny story about us talking was, gosh, the kids were probably maybe five and eight. And my husband wasn't home one day. And they were arguing horribly. And I finally got mad. It was like first weekend in October. And I was like, you guys, you know, the elves are out, right? And they looked at me like, what? I said, Santa's elves come out October 1st. So uh, <laughs> I think I just saw one out there. How do you know? I said, I got an email from Santa. Can you show us? I said, no. How, how do you get your email address? I said, oh, when I married your dad, I got a letter from him. He got my email address. I said, but your mom got it too. Well, I happened to see her in the grocery store park. And I'm like, oh, by the way, I kind of told the kids the elves come out October 1st. She was like, that's perfect. I'm going to use that. <laughs> so yeah, for a few years, I, we, the kids are going to go to therapy someday because of both of us telling it. When they found out Santa Claus wasn't real, they were mad at both of us for a while. <laughs> you told me the elves were all watching. I'm like, yeah, well, you behaved better, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I don't know where the whole elves thing started. Because um, when I was little, it was Santa Claus was watching. Yeah, well, we told them because they were like, Santa Claus can't see everyone at once. I'm like, that's why he has elves. Ah. Yeah, then they got the elves on the shelf or whatever they call it. It's kind of creepy. Oh, I'm so glad they quit believing in Santa before that thing came around. I I don't have the mental capacity to do that. Oh, we could have came up with some good stuff, David. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's true. But, you know, we we talked on a, a previous podcast about this, but uh, we didn't we didn't even 
tell the kids that Santa Claus was real. Um, I'm sorry. We didn't. That's right. I always get that backwards. <laughs> we, we didn't tell the kids um, anything about Santa Claus being real. We always told them that, you know, it was just a fake thing that people did and all that. So even, all throughout their childhood, they knew you know, the truth about it. And so the funny thing was I would have other parents and they would look at me like, I can't believe you would do that to your kids. And I'm like, what? You can't believe I would tell them the truth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? Let's lie to our kids. <laughs> I know. And let's do it for a very long time. And then, you know, yeah. when they do find, I honestly, I often wondered, and maybe it was me overthinking, but I often wondered, you know, when you do finally tell your kids that, do they stop, stop then and go, I wonder how many other things they lied about. <laughs> oh yeah. They questioned us. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I didn't, I just didn't want that. Cause I didn't want my kids going, well, you know, you, you told me this, was that a lie too? Or this other thing, was that a lie too? And I just, you know, I just didn't think it was a good idea. Yeah. David, tell them the story about when you had one of the kids complain about what they got for Christmas. <laughs> if this would have happened after we got divorced, I probably wouldn't have done it because I had the guilty dead syndrome thing going on. <laughs> but um, so, uh, my kids, my kids have always, you know, gave me a, a Christmas list and, and I would buy from the list. And so I, I was always assured that they got something that they asked for. And so this particular year, um, one of the kids, you know, they asked for whatever and I bought them most of what was on their list. And so, they they come down and you know we do the Christmas morning thing and, and we would always say it was Santa Claus you know I, I would wake them up and go Santa Claus came and they would laugh because they knew that it was just being funny but they came down and I don't remember how old he was but he was probably mm, six or seven years old something like that so he came down and everybody's opening their gifts and everything and he he got everything he wanted and he kept looking at everybody else's stuff and going but I'd like to have that and I want that <laughs> and. And then he then he got to the point where he looked at his stuff and says, I don't like any of this stuff. And boy, that flew all over me. And I took every gift I got him and took everything back to the store. <laughs> and he said, uh, am I going to get what I want now? And I'm like, no, you're not getting anything for Christmas. Oh, you're good. He got nothing that year. And that was the last time anybody ever complained about what they got for Christmas. <laughs> I that oh my goodness and the holidays become such a thing with blended family don't they yeah and ours, my parents are divorced and my husband's parents are divorced so the kids go to a million christmases and we've actually started just doing like one gift and as they're teenagers they want more expensive things we've started doing something small and then a lot of gift cards and money and that's kind of what everybody else is doing and then we take them shopping after christmas mm -hmm. and so they hit the after christmas sales with all their money and they get what they want and then we get to spend time with them too, and so it's it's kind of fun for us to do that. Yeah, we've we've done that too, so where we give them money and then they shop afterwards because they get more yep. for their money that way. And um, another thing we used to do too is I would tell the kids like if if you're getting just for example if you're going to get six things for Christmas, then you have to go in your room and find six things that to get rid of, and we're going to give those mm -hmm. to Goodwill or somewhere, but we're going to get rid of them. And so you, you have to give away as much as you're getting. Yeah. Yep. What is that thing that everybody's doing? Like they get four gifts, something you want, something they need, something. Something they read and then something they can wear. Is that right? I keep saying it on Pinterest and stuff. Yeah. I can't remember what they are, but it's, you know, like four things. 
That's like the wedding thing, mm-hmm. yeah, right? Something old, something new, something foreign, something yeah. new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we were just discussing Christmas gifts now because um, we're going to have to ship them. But and like my oldest stepdaughter, they are they've got a house. They're redoing some stuff. It should be done pretty soon. And so she asked for. I said, "Is there anything you wanted for your house?" And she sent me a whole list of like they need towels and they need dishes and her and I kind of have a similar style. So she's really easy to shop for, for me. And then the, my husband's kind of in charge of the youngest two and we'll probably shop for everything together. Or as we do, like, like to sit down with a beer and Amazon prime. We're pretty good at that or send gift cards, but yeah, it is going to be hard. Cause like the oldest one actually wants more stuff. The younger ones more want money right now. And then, you know, a little grandbaby, like I asked my oldest stepdaughter, what does she need? She's like, nothing really. She's more excited about, you know, little, those, that little puff cereal and <laughs> a box than anything else. I'm like, oh, perfect. And I do have a habit. I do like to shop. So I probably once a month go and buy her some little clothes and send them to her. Yeah. I know that kids, um, all my kids have wanted money for the night. I don't know, the last probably five years now, they've hit that age where they just mm-hmm. want money. And uh, it's funny because people say, oh, that's no fun. And I'm like, what do you mean no fun? I don't have to do any shopping. <laughs> well, I agree. It's not as much fun. <laughs> I think yeah. it's great. It is, it's nice to have something to open up, but it's also nice to see them get what they want. I always think it's interesting to see what they're going to spend their money on too. You know, and last year we did a gift and we did some money. And they came and visited us for Christmas. And then we took them to the Little Rock Outlet Mall. And they thought that was the greatest thing ever because they bought so much stuff. I was worried it wasn't going to get on the plane home, but it did. Everything <laughs> made it. <laughs> I looked it up and it's, um, they call it the five gift rule. Okay. One gift they want, one they need, one they wear, one they read, and then one gift they don't know they want. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I've got a suggestion for you for your grand grandbaby. I was going to say your great grandbaby. Okay. Your, um, but check with your stepdaughter and make sure she's not doing something like this. But every year okay. I go to thingsremembered.com and buy my son an ornament with his name and the year on it. Oh, that is so funny because we just talked about that because we just have a tradition. My mom did it with us and then we kind of did it with the kids for until the oldest one was in college. But we would go out and we would buy a new ornament for the tree every year. We just go to Walmart or, you know, wherever. They'd each pick out a new ornament. We'd go out to eat. And then when the oldest one went off to college, it was kind of hard to do. And so we just kind of quit doing it. But they were thinking about coming over Christmas. So we thought about getting, you know, baby girl, an ornament for our tree. But we were talking about getting her a first ornament and getting it engraved and sending it up there before Christmas. I love Things Remembered. Yeah. And I I should look at that, too. Yeah. And you can catch it. Um, I like the pewter ornaments that they have. They're really nice. Yes. I should open a store called Things Forgotten. (laughs) (laughs) there would be nothing in there no it's just be stuff everywhere but like you must have left this here you must have forgot it (laughs) it would be like that store we went to in the mountains yeah yeah i don't remember the name of that store you're talking about the one beside the apple stand yeah no i don't either but yeah it had everything in it yeah like every kitchen gadget you could ever think of it was like one of those as seen on tv stores but in a log cabin (laughs) <laughs> I'd probably get lost in there. Girl, they had some crazy stuff. You could stay in there for hours easily. Yeah. I never knew they had so many things to, you know, do different things with eggs with. Like there's all these utensils just for eggs. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Mm. Now, 
do you feel like you're any less of a grandparent because it's your stepdaughter's baby? You know, I'm not really sure. It's sometimes that stuff is hard to compare just because I don't have my own children. Right. And so I can't really say I did wonder when she announced she was pregnant, I kind of wondered how I would fit in. You know, I think that's natural to wonder as a step parent, it's how you're going to fit into something. And I was a little nervous. Um, but I will say like once she had the baby and sent us a picture, you know, I was like, Oh, I cannot wait to get up there and see her. Mm-hmm. And I just, I absolutely adore her. I just love that little girl. I'm, I'm surprised about how much I care for her and how much I enjoy buying her things and doing fun things. Um, I probably don't feel as strongly and I definitely don't feel the same as my husband, but I do feel more involved than I thought I would. And I will say ever since the baby has been born, my stepdaughter has reached out to me more, you know, and mostly through text and Snapchat. I mean, there's not a day that goes by that I don't get a Snapchat picture of the baby. Oh. And so that really helps. You know, we don't have that relationship that she and I had when she was a teenager where she didn't want me around. You know, now she's excited to see us and she's happy to come down here. And I think she's happy to spend time with us. But I, I was surprised at how much that I, like, I'm really looking forward to seeing the baby soon. I haven't seen her for a few months. So I'm anxious to see her crawl around the house and fun stuff like that. What do you have as a grandparent name? You know, we don't know yet. We were just, it's funny because I had the conversation with my stepdaughter and I said, you know, do you want me to call her my step granddaughter or granddaughter? And she's like, I just say granddaughter. I mean, you've been there since she was born. And I'm like, well, that's good because step granddaughter is a mouthful. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know what we're going to be called yet. You know, probably decide when she starts talking. Since my name is hard for little kids to say, I usually get called Kiki. So I'll probably be Kiki. <laughs> I've been Kiki for all my nieces and nephews for a while. That'll probably be what it is. My son has an aunt that um, was a great aunt. So his dad and his dad's brother and sister and everybody called her Kaka. <laughs> yeah. So she's Aunt Kaka. Yeah. I, I'll probably have some weird one like that too, but it, it'll be fine. Lori, we'll, we'll call you Cuckoo. <laughs> hey, bud. <laughs> <laughs> We'll buy her some cocoa puffs. And t- <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what my husband would tell her to call me, just for fun. Actually, one of David's kids said that if um, he ever had a kid, that I would be old lady with a ham sandwich. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> when we, this would make you guys laugh, because when we first got together, my youngest stepdaughter who was three at the time kind of surprised me and she was like if you marry my dad you'll be my stepmom I'm like what my stepmom well she didn't say stepmom she said Steph as an s-t-e-f so when we got married she was like I'm just gonna call you Steph she went for a couple months with just calling me Steph and people are like that's not your name I'm like yeah it's her thing let's just she went back to my normal name after that but it was a couple months I was just Steph it was probably because she thought people were saying Steph mom instead of stepmom. Yeah. 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 When she, she still remembers it. Remember when I used to call you Steph? I'm like, yeah. Can I oh, that's pretty Steph? neat. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> as long as you're not calling me anything mean. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> because that can happen. That can be called a lot worse. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I have a very good friend who's a stepmom. And 
our her stepson is a teenager now and they were having some issues with him and she, he called her an idiot. And I was like, oh. <gasps> and I said something to my stepkids later. I was like, well, my friend's stepson called her an idiot. And they're like, I would never do that. I would never do that because I would be afraid of my dad. And I'm like, your dad is the most easygoing person. But he is one that he can just give a look and they stop, which I think has always worked really well at my advantage because if they were acting up, all I generally have to say is, do you want me to tell dad about that? And it's, no, I do not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he is the most kind and compassionate person ever. But when he tells the kids to stop, they know he means business. And for a stepmom, that works out real well. Yeah, I'm sure David's kids call me a lot worse than an idiot, but um, they were never brave enough to say it in front of David that I'm aware of. I was going to say, if, if I have been called anything bad, it hasn't been to my face or to my husband. <laughs> yeah, I had the kids. What was it that he did? He said something to Lori. He, he, he smarted off to her or something. And um, Yeah, it wasn't like he cussed at me. He was just like really rude. and Yeah, he was just rude to her. I don't know. He they were run, what maybe ten or twelve. Yeah, and um, probably twelve. Anyway, I took I took off after him in the kitchen, and he was running around <laughs> the table trying to get away from me. And he ran wow. between the as he was running around the table, he went between the table and the wall, and so I pushed the table and pinned him against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and then I jumped up on top of the table and was going after him. And Lori like <laughs> had to pull me off the table. And boy, he now had that's this, Jerry Springer. <laughs> he, he had this look in his eyes like I am about to die. <laughs> Pinned up against the wall. I should, I should not have said that. <laughs> and um, you know, there again, it it was uh, one of those times where it never happened after that. <laughs> right? Yeah. And the good thing was, is I saved him from his dad. Oh, so you were a hero. I was. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely got saved. I saved him from his impending death of, you know, table against wall, (laughs) squishing him. (laughs) But I have never seen David get that mad. Yeah. Yeah. It's my husband rarely does. Yeah. And I don't think the kids had either, but because like David said, that never happened again. Mm -mm. Not even close. (laughs) Nope. That old man. Did you just call David an old man? I said, oh, man. I didn't call him an old man. <laughs> uh, you might chase me around a table if I say that. Girl, <laughs> there ain't no telling yeah. what David will do. Yeah, if I don't catch you in the five <laughs> seconds, I'm out of breath at this point. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> no, the, the raising the kids, man, that's a, it's a hard thing to do, especially – earlier when we were having problems because when the, when the kids were causing problems, you know, I had, Lori would complain about it. And so then I would, you know, I'd get on them about whatever they were doing. Then they would complain about Lori. And then I would go to Lori about what she was doing. And then of course they were coming to me about each other and it was just a vicious cycle. And it's like, I mean, I dreaded coming home because I knew I was going to get hit from both sides about what one side didn't like about the other. And, um, you know, you get to a point where you're so frustrated, you don't know what to do that you just end up lashing out. Um, either, I bet. You know, either do that or you just completely, you know, shut down, which neither one is good. Yeah. Well, and you're caught in the middle, no matter what you do. Oh, yeah. And I think for a long time, you know, I tried to be more of a parent, take, excuse me, take on more of a parental role than I really needed to. And 
I was raised in a more strict family than my husband was. And so, you know, some things I'd be like, well, they shouldn't be allowed to do that business. And I would cause problems that I really didn't even need to cause looking back. And so when I kind of finally decided to nacho or disengage, now I've been doing this long before I'd even heard of you guys or heard of nacho kids, but that's when things really started to get better. And I noticed actually the more that I stepped back and let my husband handle things, the better he handled it. And the more he would actually ask for my opinion on how to handle things once I wasn't inserting myself all the stinking time. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's a very difficult process to go through. I know from the stepmom's point of view, like from Lori's point of view, her, her struggles and challenges were a lot different than mine. And, um, and I even got to the point where I would try to make everybody mad at me because as long as they were mad at me, they weren't complaining to, and, and being mad at each other. And I could deal with that easier. Right. And, yep. um, I mean, even with my parents as well, my parents would, you know, they were stepping in because they're the grandparents and the kids are complaining to them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I got to the point where everybody was mad at me all the time. And as long as they were mad at me, they left each other alone. I was fine with that. Sure. Yeah. And my husband has said that too. At first I didn't get it. Now, once I got it, you know, after he said it probably 20 times and hammered it through my thick skull, he said, let me be the bad guy. And once I let him be the bad guy, it was like everything changed. The kids became more respectful. Um, I had the weight of the world lifted off my shoulders because I wasn't trying to do everything and be everything to everyone. And everything just settled and that's the best I have so much more peace now and you know um I can't even I think it was one of my aunts that said this somebody said you know if you treat your husband like a man he's gonna act like a man if you treat him like a little boy he's gonna act like a little boy Mm -hmm. yeah it's true it sounds so simple but yet we screw it up all the time in a blended family oh yeah well you know it's frustrating a lot of times when I'm reading like Facebook pages and groups and all that where they complain because mm-hmm. you know the husband's not parenting the husband's not doing this and I'm having to step in and do all these things and I was like well if you stop stepping in maybe he'll do it and he might not do it in 10 minutes he might not do it in 10 days but you've got to give him the opportunity to to get to that point where he's doing those things and he's not going to learn how to do it as long as somebody's mm-hmm. stepping in and doing it for him right because mm-hmm. as stepmoms we jump in and try to fix everything and make everything just run smoothly, and it just causes major hiccups and resentment and anger. And no matter what David said to the kids, it was, you're saying that because she said it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's I don't know why we think we can control everything. And, you know, part of it, my situation might have been that, you know, my stepdad was able to step into that parental role a lot, and so I assumed I would be able to as well. Right. Yeah. That could have been it. But yeah, we do jump in. I think sometimes you just see things that need to be done. And instead of waiting around, you just, you see it needs to be done. You jump in, whether that's things that need to be done around the house or things the kids need to do or whatever. And so you just have this mentality um, and it's not wrong. You just have this mentality that this needs to be done. This needs to be addressed. And if it's not getting addressed by um, dad, then, then I'll do it. But somebody's got to do it. And unfortunately, the a lot of times the men will let that happen 
because they don't either don't want to deal with it or they've never had to deal with it because maybe it wasn't part of their role previously when they were, you know, with the bio mom. And so they're, they don't realize that their role has changed too. And if they don't have an opportunity to learn what their new role is and, and how they're supposed to act and respond within that new role, then they can't learn the things they need to do to make sure they keep the stress off of the stepmom. Right. Yeah. And I'm like that. I see something that needs to be done and I just do it. And so I was picking up the kids' stuff after them. And then I would get mad that I had to pick up everybody's crap because they just left it laid around. Well, they, first of all, they're kids. They're not clean. Kids are slobs. Second of all, you know, they figured I'd probably pick it up later. They weren't doing it to be mean. And so something I did this summer was my mother-in-law and two of the stepkids visited. And I just decided, and I kind of addressed this with my husband beforehand. I said, I wasn't able to take any time off work. He was. And I said, this whole visit, it's just, it's up to you. If you need help with something, let me know. But otherwise you're running the show. And you know what? He kept the house pretty darn clean. He planned supper every night. Now, a lot of nights I would help him. He would grill and I would make sides. And um, they came, gosh, I think they came like a Thursday or uh, excuse me, a Tuesday through a Sunday, I believe is what it was. I really only, I spent the nights with them, but then like Saturday, we spent all day together. But you know what? It was like the best visit I'd ever had with my stepkids because I just handed him the reins and said, go. Mm -hmm. And it just went a lot smoother. Well, and we have to trust them to parent like they think they should, not like we think they should. Right. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes the kids would say something that I thought would be a smart aleck comment. But instead of being like, hey, I just let him handle it. And sometimes he handled it and sometimes he let it go. Might not have done what I would have done, but it was worth it to not have the argument. Well, and two, bio parents are usually not as sensitive to what their bio kids say to them. Um, They're more apt to think they're picking or playing. Yes. Than the step parent views it. (laughs) We've discovered that too. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, years ago when the kids started using shut up, you know, as a positive term, boy, that took me a lot of getting used to. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and they look at me, Daddy, shut up. And I'm like, I will knock your teeth down your throat. They're like, oh, no, yeah. no, no, no. That that means, you know, that means something good. And I'm like, huh, not in like, my I world. Don't it doesn't. It. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't yeah. mean something good. They lied to you. Yeah, yeah, it just means something's amazing. I'm like, yeah, it's going to be amazing when you pick yourself up off that floor. (laughs) Shut up. Shut up, yeah. Man, that's just one of those, you know, words you just didn't say when when I was growing up. You never looked at an adult and said, shut up. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, they say a lot of words that we would have never got away with. That's true. Yeah. And that's one thing, you know, I, I will always give my husband credit for is he does make sure that they're very respectful to everyone. I know um, my mom commented just, oh, this was a couple of years ago, they took all the grandkids swimming and she, and out for pizza or something. And when we, they brought him back, she told him, she was like, I just want you to know that um, she named the kids' names. So they came up to me afterward and said, thank you. And that was really nice. And I'm like, oh, something we're saying is getting through. Write that down. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We, we just might not see it. Now, they're going to exhibit that behavior when they're not around us. That's right. like uh, yep. my son's best friend. You know, he'll say, my son will say, he treats you better than he does his own mom. I said, that's because I'm not his mom. Yep. 
exactly they're comfortable with you and so mm-hmm. they're gonna mouth off and they're gonna you know that's you're their safe space and that's where they can break down and be a pain yeah because they know that you can't kick them out when they're 14 mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, exactly, yeah yeah and you know once she got out of the house she was great yeah i was gonna say that's i think that's why your stepdaughter probably reached out to you that day too because she knows that you're not being judgmental and you're not saying well you should do this or do that, or why did you do this or not do that? I mean, you're just listening. You're just being there because mm-hmm. um, you have a different, it's not that you don't have an, a vested interest, but it's just a different uh, interest in in her and her life. And, and it's one that um, she feels more comfortable with because you're not going to overreact. Right. And I'm, I see it from more of an outside view than maybe a bio parent does. You're more of a neutral party. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because as a parent, you know, your kid, it doesn't matter what they do, they're right or they're protected or whatever. You know, even if my kid does something wrong, I don't want somebody else telling me he done something wrong. <laughs> right. Yep, exactly. I completely understand that. So, you know, a lot of it is my husband and I were just having this odd conversation the other night. We've been married almost 11 years and we've noticed a lot of people that maybe got married a year or two before us or a year or two after us are getting divorced. And so we were trying to, you know why are we still working out and all these other couples aren't and we must be doing something right. What is it? And it all boils down to in, in a step family or in a relationship communication Absolutely. and how you perceive things. And, you know, my husband and I don't agree on everything. We don't, but we can disagree without yelling at each other anymore. Most days, you know, <laughs> if our football teams are playing each other, it's a whole nother story. But <laughs> Well, and I think a lot of uh, people look at it, as this is too hard, I'm not even going to try, I just won't out. Because it's easier to get out than it is to work on the relationship. Yes, yes, Mm -hmm. I think that too. And now I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that we never got divorced because we have a very good marriage. We have a good, strong relationship. And, you know, he's my number one and I'm his number one. And everything, once we kind of got that stuff figured out, a lot of other things started falling into place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, like, that's like people that have been married like 30 years and get divorced. You're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, haven't you worked out like every problem by now? <laughs> yeah. You ought to be close to retirement by then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's see. How old was I when my mom and dad, um, let me think, I was 30 when they got divorced. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I bet, and I bet that was a lot different to process as an adult than as a child. I think so, because as a child, like my son, he never knew his dad and me together. Whereas right. my parents, you know, we had 30 years of Christmas together, 30 years of Thanksgiving, 30 years mm-hmm. of Halloween, you know. So wow. um, then it's at that age, it's almost like you felt like you had to choose. And mm-hmm. um, th- that was really hard. I bet. Wow. That's, yeah. That would be tough. My parents divorced. Interestingly enough, my parents divorced when I was nine and my mom married my stepdad right before my 12th birthday. My husband and his ex divorced when the oldest was nine and we married a week before her 12th birthday. So she was the exact same age going through the exact same things I was. And I think that was part of actually what kind of helped me step back a little bit. Because I was like, you know, if I had a stepmom that was treating me like this or if my stepdad would have treated me, this was happening when they first got married or when I was going through all these changes, this is how I would have wanted it to, you have to put yourself in that other person's shoes. And luckily with her, it was really easy for me to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now you didn't say anything about a stepmom. 
Well, I had, my dad was married for three or four years to a really wonderful lady. Um, actually, I, weirdly enough, still have her, on, a friend on Facebook. Um, they were, you know, and I don't really know why they didn't work out. It wasn't, they divorced, I think I was a freshman or sophomore in high school when they divorced and they got married when I was like in seventh grade, sixth grade, maybe. Um, so I did have a stepmom for a brief period of time and she was great. Like I, I was only there every other weekend. She had two kids that I liked. They were quite a bit younger than um, my sister and I. And so we were, they were more like, you know, fun little kids to play with. But um, yeah, she was great. I never really had. So I had a stepmom for a while, but she was a really great stepmom. And so, and my mom even liked her. So I think when things didn't happen perfectly with my blend, I was, that was probably another reason why I was like, what the heck am I doing wrong or what's going wrong here? Yeah. Well, one last question. Did your, you said your mom and stepdad had a baby. Yes. And how old were you when he was born? I was 14 when he was born. He's 25 and he just got engaged last weekend. And he has always been our little brother. We've never said half brother or anything like that. In fact, when my mom was filling out one of my college financial aid things that said, you know, people that live in the household and she had to write half brother, he was like six years old and he saw it and he put his head down on the table and cried, but I don't want to be your half brother. I want to be your whole brother. And we still, we get along very well. Um, I love the girl that he's marrying. So I'm, he's my buddy. He, um, funny enough though, I was 14 when he was born and he went on all my dates with me in high school because he would ask to go along and my dad, my stepdad would hand us 10 or 20 bucks and be like, yeah, take your little brother out for pizza. <laughs> great, dad. Great. Contraception, <laughs> you know, right? Had, well, you know what? My sister got pregnant when she was 18 and she never had to take him along. So there you go. Terrible, <laughs> you know, he got in high school and then he would never take me on his dates and I didn't think that was very nice. Yeah. Turnabout's fair play, right? Oh, yeah, that's that's what I thought, but it didn't work out that way. So, yeah, if he asked me to give a speech at his wedding, I might have to, you know, remind yeah. him of that. <laughs> Did he ever want to go with you to your dad's on the weekends? Um, You know, no, not really. He didn't. Um, I don't ever remember him wanting to. I mean, he knew who my dad was. I think it was very confusing for him, you know, when he was little, that we had a different dad. Finally, one day he told my mom, I think he was about four, he goes, Mom, I get it now. She said, what? He goes, Kari and Christie's mom died and their dad didn't want to see you and dad had to take them, right? <laughs> She's like, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's funny. When we lived back in Iowa, we were, there'd be times where we'd be hanging out and my dad would stop by and my brother would stop by. And they talk like, you know, they've always, my brother's just always known who my dad is. And they always talk and say hello. And they're very friendly. I don't ever recall him ever asking to go over there, though. Yeah. He was probably excited when we weren't there because then he got more attention. Oh, yeah, that's true. It's like a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> from two teenage sisters, that probably was a wonderful vacation. For mm-hmm. him. Katie, it has been wonderful having you as a guest on our podcast, and we thank you very much for sharing your story with us. Well, thank you. It's been a lot of fun getting to know you. Yeah, you too. And don't forget to make some snow cream. <laughs> I won't if we ever get snow here in Arkansas. Oh, I thought it snowed there. Up in the north part, it will, but we're more in the central part by Little Rock. So we might get a couple flakes. We get more ice. Just go to Chick-fil-A. It's easier. (laughs) (laughs) 
Or, you know, when I go home to Iowa, they always get snow. Or just go to Starbucks and get vanilla bean frappuccino. I may do that. They do have snow cream like bunny ice cream made snow cream one time. Hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. And there's, um, what do you call that place, David? Pelicans? What do they do? Shaved ice? Mm -hmm. You can get a snow cream there, too. Well, now I can just get it everywhere. Yeah. Or if you uh, leave the freezer door open a little bit on your freezer and it ices up inside. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's not the same. (laughs) All right. Well, let's get off here and you have a great night. Yes, you too. All right. right. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. One of the things I enjoyed talking to Katie about was moving into the house that your significant other shared with their ex. And I love how she put it, that it's like trying to fit into their life rather than making a life together. Okay. And I never thought of it like that, but that's what it is. Like my son and I tried to fit into y'all's life, your house, your family that was already here, the even the school. I mean, mm-hmm. because we relocated to your town. Yep. So we were trying to fit into your life. And obviously I was the square peg and y'all were the round hole because it wasn't working until Nacho. <laughs> Yeah. But the other side of it, I wonder, is that as disruptive as things are and so many things are changing, I wonder, is it harder when everybody's going through all these changes because you got a new house and new family and new school districts and new all this, all this stuff? Or is it easier because everybody's going through the same thing at the same time? I don't know. Um I'm going to have to find somebody. I'll have to wait several months since I'm ahead on my recording, though. <laughs> That they both had kids prior to the marriage, and they both relocated because usually one moves to ones. Right. Yeah. And we know that it, we know that it's hard to be the person that's moving in to. He the don't other. know. He didn't do it. <laughs> I've heard that it's hard to be the one that moves into somebody else's house. But I wonder what it's like for those people who are like, you know what, we're going to start a new life in a new location all at the same time. But you know, this reminds me of the my house, my rules. Can't say that no more, can you? They moved into my house. This is my house. I hate when I hear anybody say it. Men, women. I hate when you say it. I don't say that unless I'm pushing your buttons. (laughs) 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 The kids would say it a lot. That's because they see your reaction to it. Well, it's like, you're nobody. This is our house. He can kick you to the curb. Watch this. Yeah, because they saw it happen so many times before. With the ex? <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. It is hard. And I've got a blog post about this, too, with ways to make that easier. Now, you don't want to come in and just completely gut the house and redo everything because the kids look at it as you're taking away their memories. Mm-hmm. And... To me, all I wanted to do was get rid of the ugly lighthouse border around every room in the house. And I wanted you to get rid of the last border. Right. But I didn't feel comfortable coming in doing that straight off the bat. So we took a while. We did some things. and Yeah. But going back, if I had to do it over again, it, I would have communicated with the kids, like, I want to change this. And so that's what we're going to do. That way it's not Lori's changing everything. Yep. Yeah. So we did wait until all the stepkids moved out to have the floors redone, though. I know. <laughs> and get a new kitchen table. Yeah. 
Well, that's because they would have tore it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. They would have tore the floors up, too. Mm-hmm. So. But anyway, there are ways to make that easier for yourself and for the kids. Just take things slowly. And like David said, maybe your significant other can go, hey, I think we need to repaint this room or get the kids input. We let Jackson pick out the color that he wanted to paint his room. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And the kids upstairs, I don't think we, when we moved them up there, we gave them much of an option because they would have fought over the colors. But, nope. you know, have the kids give their input mm-hmm. to their dad, <laughs> <laughs> to the bio parent. Yeah. Because if you come in there and go, I want to repaint the kitchen, mm-mm, it's going to not go as well as if dad says, hey, I think we need to repaint the kitchen and ask the kids, what color do y'all like out of these three colors or something? You may not even want to do that because if you've got an uneven amount of kids, then your vote's going to be off. And no, That's when you just ask and they pick and then you pick whatever color you're going to use anyway. Well, no, you would want uneven number of kids. See, I can't even, y'all, I'm telling you, I am struggling. Uh, welcome to the Lori Struggles show. Y'all hear that? It's the sound of her brain misfiring. <laughs> Skipping a cylinder. <laughs> All right. So we hope you enjoyed the Christmas advice that you were given. Yeah. Stimulus package. <laughs> Please don't talk about that. My gosh, between COVID visitation of the stepkids during COVID and the stimulus check. No wonder I can't remember anything. See, I didn't get those mixed up. Nope. All right. So tell people again about how to apply for the scholarship. One more time. To apply for the Sylvia scholarship, which will be renamed next week, you must submit a video explaining to us why you should win the scholarship for a free month to the Nacho Kids Academy. Sweet. You can email us the video or a link to the video to contact us at nachokids.com. Easy peasy. All right. Anything else before we hang up the phone? I don't know, man. All right. I guess we're done for today. I feel like we're leaving something out. We are. It's the ending. All right, folks. Thanks for joining us. And uh, stay safe out there. You sure it's not the beginning? Stay sane out there. <laughs> Why'd you say that after I said that? I don't know. Just dealing with you makes me cray-cray. David, you called me cray-cray the last episode. Oh, well, you still cray-cray. All right. I'm up with this mess. I'm sick of being called cray-cray. Ooh. I felt the wind off of that one. Yeah, you should have felt the wind off of that. Ooh. Anyway, so make sure you join us. Next time, when you hear Lori say, You can't shoot worth a crap, David Sims. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, have a good week. We'll see you next Friday. Peace out. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember life is good when you nacho.